you're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And you guys, I am so excited to have today's guest here to really introduce you and have you get to know her. Teresa Destrebeck is one of those badass women who have a whole lot of heart, so much heart that she often makes herself cry. She's a champion for women and loves supporting them to connect with their passionate, confident, empowered self, especially in the face of loss, betrayal, and disappointment. She knows them all too well herself and loves supporting people through the process. She's also the creator of the Emerge Book Circle. And to tell you guys a little bit about how I met Teresa was actually through her book circle. And the more that I participated and observed her, the Facebook group that she has, I really got to see how she's such a champion for people. It is truly a place for women who love reading personal growth books and also come together to just share their learnings and be part of a community with other readers around the world. So, Teresa, thank you so much for being here. Tell us where in the world you're calling in from. I am actually calling in from the south of France, but you can probably gather from my accent that I am not French. (laughs) Give us a little bit about where you come from and how you got where you are. Uh, So I actually grew up outside of Chicago, and then I studied in Boston and then ended up in Seattle, where I lived for 12 years. And I met my husband over there, who is French. And we, at some point, were like, just kind of done with America. Um, Mm. And we were like, let's go somewhere else. And he had been in America for 16 years at that point and was kind of like, maybe it's time for me to go back home, but I don't know. So we were like, maybe we want to go to New Zealand. And then we found out I was pregnant. And we were like, oh, maybe that's a little far from everybody. So we ended up, um, after my daughter was born, we sold our house and moved to France. We literally sold all of our furniture, packed up uh, like the size of like a small crate, um, and put it on a boat, and we showed up at his parents' house with four suitcases and a baby and said, hey, we're here. We don't know how long we're staying, but we're here. And uh, we ended up staying for three months until we figured out where in France we wanted to live. Like, we literally just showed up to France with no clue, no jobs, no nothing. And we're like, we're just going to figure it out and make it work. So here we are in the south of France five years later. Yes, yes. And tell us a little bit more. So the evolution of your business, were you coaching in America? Like, how did you really get into the transformational work? 
I did start coaching in the U.S. before I came here. So I started coaching in 2012. And how I got into coaching is an interesting story. It was not intended at all. I used to work in education. So I was a teacher for over 10 years, and then I moved into administration. So like system principal or principal or whatever. And I ended up um, you don't get a lot of choice in there in terms of where you want to work. And so I was working at one school and then they cut my position and I got transferred to work with the lady that had a really bad reputation. And she was a principal. She had a really bad reputation. And I was like, this is going to suck. And sure enough, it sucks. And I loved what I did. And I just did not love doing it with her. And after two years of persevering and pushing through and putting on my, you know, just living through my ego and engaging in the pissing contest with her that she actually wasn't even participating in, um, I ended up like, I need to get out of here. So with a kind of middle finger to her and the whole system, I left. And in that moment, I was like, oh, shit. I can swear, right? <laughs> I can swear? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because in yes, that moment, I realized... Oh, yes, you okay, can. Cool. <laughs> in that moment, I realized I had wrapped up so much of myself in my title and my job and my salary and whether people liked me and whether, like, I got praise and all this stuff. And I was just like... I joked that I left my boss, but she didn't leave me. Like, I was so angry and resentful and I fell into working with a coach I had no idea that I was going to actually end up coaching and then she like led me on this path I went to landmark I got another like this this whole kind of weavy like totally lost path kind of bookmarked by personal development personal growth seminars and coaching or whatever and then through this like enlightened place that I found myself in I ended up working for a company that needed somebody to design their online coaching program. Mm. And so I was like, I worked in education for a really long time here. I can do it. And so I ended up working for them for free in exchange for them training me to coach, to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had no idea that I would coach either until Mm -hmm. I started working with my private clients. And then I fell in love. Yes. Yes. And I was like, yeah, and that was a really long story. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. I, that's exactly what I asked for. And and you, okay. you know, you you said a lot that really uh, just resonates with um, you know the that phase when people are kind of at their you know you you said a lot about your relationship with the principal that you worked with where you were in. Uh, a pissing contest that she wasn't participating in. And, and I would love for you to speak to that because I, I just heard the way that I imagine most people feel when they're at their uh, vocation or career type of like rock bottom, like a real end of a road that causes us to make a major turn in our life. And so I'm really present to that. And, and I would love for you to kind of speak to it, how it motivated you to then look for those other things because you you said it, it was causing your anxiety, your stress, like you were the one suffering 
And so what Mm -hmm. finally shifted? The whole what finally shifted is essentially I was lost. I mean, I, I said this before, but I had built up my entire life, let's say, was based on achievement and being successful. I had always been successful at everything that I had done until this moment. I had always prided myself. My parents pushed me and they were like, you can do it. You can do anything. You know, you work hard and you're smart and you can, you know, I really had that belief. I could do anything. And then as long as I persevered and as long as I pushed through, I would be strong enough to handle it. And I developed this whole, like I was an athlete growing up, this whole competitive prover edge. And after, I mean, essentially, I did not quit on my own terms. I quit after I was told that I would get hired if I didn't quit. It was not so blatantly said to me in that way. But essentially, my principal's boss called me in for a meeting And my principal was like, what's this all about? And I was like, I don't know. Do you know? And she was like, no, which I think she did. But regardless, so I went in, you know, 730 February gray morning um, in Seattle to the central office for Seattle Public Schools and um, met with her boss. And essentially it was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And she knew. And and it was um it was uncomfortable for sure. And I, I went into this childlike moment. Like I can still picture like this person of power making me feel very small. Mm-hmm. And I didn't speak. I was just like, I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I had no idea how to voice myself. I just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And then as mm-hmm. soon as I walked out of that office, that's when my like raging bitch came out. Like I was like, F you, F the whole system, I'm out of here. Like, I was so angry. Mm. And then I finally quit and was like, yes, I'm free. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I was having mm-hmm. bad dreams. I was having nightmares. I was getting into fights with my husband. I was still so lost and so um, angry. And it was affecting my relationship with my husband. It was affecting my friends. My friends were like, we've been hearing about this bitchy boss for the last two years and now you're quit you quit and you're still talking about her like yeah Teresa like you're done and I essentially realized I turned into this negative Nelly or the like you know the complaining person and I had turned to books and I had gone to therapy and I was taking meditation classes all kind of the last part of this negative situation with my boss and none of it was doing anything because a boss a, a therapist asked a lot of questions, but my therapist at least was not pushing me enough. Mm-hmm. She was not calling me too much on my BS. Books right, right. do not call but you books have do not call you on your BS either. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean I love I, books. I love what you're saying and I, I wanna use a term for the listeners too, is the disassociated anger or the misdirected anger where you said I was yes. causing fights with my husband, it was dragging it out. And also how 
circumstances and people in our lives are such an opportunity for our for our own introspection how people are a reflection of us or like our external world is a reflection of what's going on inside and that that refusal to look inward and i also really love what you're saying because here with the hearts unleashed podcast and with the the emotional intelligence that we're committed to in this movement is really about learning thyself and if we don't do that work we can't see where these memories started you mentioned how you then had that childlike moment where you felt like a child being reprimanded by authority Right. And mm-hmm. and that principle yep. just happened to be the role, be the representation of a lot of unhealed stuff. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thank exactly. You for, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's totally. And I mean, and, and it was a lot. Yeah. And so it happened to be at the time uh, a friend of mine was going through her coaching certification program at Accomplishment Coaching, which I think you went through that program, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. So she was going through it, and she's like, Teresa, let's do this. And I was like, okay, let's do this, because I was totally lost. I was like, I spent my whole, like, literally, I wanted to be a teacher and work in education from the time I was 12. And here I was, 32, and my whole career was and like I saw my career was done like I was like I can't work in education anymore I was so angry that I completely turned my back on the the entire institution I was like I'm done Mm -hmm. here I'm not like it was not about getting another job it was like I'm Mm -hmm. done here and I was pointing my finger so far outward and everybody else, it was my boss, it was her boss, it was the institution, it was the whole system, like everything was broken. But I did not look at me at yeah. all. Not at yeah. all. Not at I, all. I love what you're saying here. I very much relate. I share in my own book how I too ran from education with both middle fingers up and I made it seem noble then. However, I now, through doing the work, I see where my responsibility lies and all of that. And so what would you say to somebody who's currently in that place where they're still looking outwards and still pointing the blame and still like struggling with their own resentments? What would you love to say to somebody who's working through that right now? The easiest thing to say is you need to turn it around and look in. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the simple thing because everything outside of us, every single thing that we encounter negative outside of us is a reflection of, and you said this earlier about the wound inside of us. There was something happening with this woman and this boss and it's multifaceted. And I did not discover this on my own at all. There was that whole authority figure thing that happened with me. There was also something about women, something that happened when I was a kid. So the fact that my boss was, there was like a whole lot of multifaceted things. And until I was willing to go down into my basement with support, with a coach, to clean some of this stuff up, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to turn around any situation. And I really believe that 
my running, like a lot of people are like, I'm just going to run. Like, I don't like this person. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to run. I'm going to avoid. And I think we as a society have said, well, I'll just keep myself in this bubble where I feel safe. What we don't realize is that unless we heal those wounds, the same or a similar situation is going to come up again. Different context, Mm -hmm. different person, (laughs) different environment. It's going to come up again. It might not come up right away, but it will come up again. And that wound will not leave until you address it. So running from it or, you know, covering it up and pretending it's not there is not going to help. Yep. You'll just get into the same cycle and repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah, you are nailing it home. And I appreciate you um, sharing it because I I do talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's really nice to bring on guests where different voices are articulated in different ways because I like to use the statement, where you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. And you can run, you can hide, but you're the common denominator. And until you heal what you're some of the things that you don't even know you're struggling with, which by the way, again, thank you for acknowledging that you wouldn't be where you are without actual support. I think that a lot of us convince ourselves if we just start going to the gym regularly or waking up at 5 a.m. is the answer or doing what all the success coaches say is, is, you know, leads to success. And I just call bullshit. It really gets to me because I think that people try to plug into like, these are the right things to do for success, like these seven steps. But then when they follow those seven steps and they don't see the results that they want, they're like scratching their heads like, oh, transformation work doesn't work or therapy doesn't work. And it's that you haven't gone, like you said, into your basement. You haven't stayed down there long enough to start flipping on light switches and seeing what boogeyman is really haunting you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what sort of ways do you support women in working through this when a new client comes your way or you're working with people? So over the last seven years, I have worked with enough people and seen enough similarities that I have actually now developed um, a program. So Mm -hmm. most of the time, instead of doing just kind of a la carte, let's talk about this because it's present today, is I actually take people through a program. And um, it's a combination of all the things that I think a lot of women deal with. Mm. And I call it the self-full life. Yeah. Because I was either A, being totally selfish and bitchy in my head or outwardly to people, (laughs) or I was being totally selfless and the martyr all the time. So I was like, I have these kind of internal defense mechanism personalities, and one of them is the frenzied martyr. I'll run around and make sure everybody likes me and do everything. And then I have this whole righteous ice queen inside of me that's, you know, really not very nice and not very collaborative. And, yeah, so selfish and selfless. And I think it's too extreme, and nobody wants to be selfish. And when we try to be selfless or when we step into selflessness, Mm -hmm. it's really uncomfortable and it's not sustainable. Yeah. And so what I do is I take women through a 10, uh, it's not week, 10 module type program called the Selfful Life, where they really work on developing a foundation of self 
that is so strong and stable and full of self-awareness. So they understand when they are giving away their power and when they are giving away their emotional well-being to other people or to other things like I was doing. I gave it away to my job title and I gave it away to my boss. Yeah. And other people give it away to their partners or to their children or to their careers or whatever. And so that's the big work that I do. And there's a group program for that. But then I also have the Emerge Book Circle, which is like free to anybody. Yeah. And when did you start the Emerge Book Circle? I started the Emerge Book Circle on a fluke about a year ago. I decided I wanted to start a group for women. And it, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then we just were kind of sharing inspirational things. And then I was like, well, let's read a book together and see how this goes. Um, because I love to read. And then people gave good feedback on it. And then I was like, okay, well, let's do this. And so I planned it out. And then we started reading books each month. And now there's about almost a thousand ladies in the group. That's amazing. And what sort of, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what sort of books have you read? (laughs) Ah, We've read lots of books and we've tried different things. So the books are, it's all personal growth, personal development, inspirational self-help kind of books. Um, So we have read some anthologies. Um, We've read the four agreements. We've read playing big. Right now we're reading a book called radical honesty. We have read, um, Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. We've read Presence by Amy Cuddy. Uh, what else? We've read Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Um, yeah. Lots of big magic um, we've read recently. So lots of really, uh, really fun, great, inspirational books, for sure. Awesome. And which has been your favorite? Ooh, my favorite book of all time is The Four Agreements. Yes. Yes, I love the four I would I love the four agreements too and for our listeners I would highly recommend it. What would you love to say to encourage our readers to check out the four agreements? This is going to turn into a mini book review. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the four agreements is built based on the Toltec wisdom which is a Mexican tradition and it is the most simple way to get clear on how you can be different in your life, literally in four steps. Yes. That's it. Like four things that you need to be conscious of to totally transform your relationship with yourself, your relationship with everybody around you and your relationship just with life. I read that book in, in one plane flight and it's like a pivotal before that flight and after that flight type of book, like that your life is different beyond it. Because I, I love the one be impeccable with your word. Is that the first one? That the is the principle? first one. Yeah. Be yeah. impeccable with your word. Yeah. yeah that and one I was mean, huge for me. It, it is. It's insane because if you just keep your word to yourself, I just asked that to a friend yesterday. I said, if you kept your word to yourself for one year, what would you create? And she was just like, oh, my God, like, I can hardly even imagine. And I think it's I think it's such an incredible one. And with only four steps in that book or four principles and agreements, you truly can transform your life. What sort of transformation has it caused in your life? 
Um, well, the be impeccable with your word was huge for me because I had always prided myself on my sense of integrity. I always was like, I follow through and do what I say that I will do. Mm-hmm. And the one aspect that I didn't see with the impeccable with your word was this whole idea of what he calls spreading poison. Yeah. And spreading poison is the words and the judgments that you hold with regard to other people. So it's not actually about what you do. It's about what you think and how you judge. And I, this relates to this righteous ice queen that I mentioned earlier. I did not realize how judgmental I was. I really was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And when I was working, and I think this goes to my competitiveness, like growing up as an athlete, it was like, you got to win, right? And uh, I realized that I had created this winning persona through all ways of life. So I, and specifically towards women, and this is like, you probably are like, I don't want to talk to this lady after this. But essentially what I would do is I would stack rank myself and my qualities against people that I met in my head. Yeah, I know. So I had this whole ranking system. And if at any point in time I found that you were prettier than me or smarter than me or fitter than me or, you know, wealthier than me or whatever, I would come up with faults in you so that I could feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It was really not good. And it's awesome because I'm glad you're just thanks for your authenticity because Um, I'm related to what you're saying and I'm sure our listeners are and either don't know that they do that or feel alone in doing that. So just thank Mm. you. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So going back to this being authentic, I mean, being impeccable with your word, I realized that all of those negative thoughts, all that stack ranking, all that judgment was spreading poison. Mm -hmm. And it was a reflection of the fact that I was not feeling enough or believing that I was enough. And so it came down to what can I do for me? It had nothing to do with all these other people. So all the things that they were showing and to me was a reflection of me not feeling and being enough on my own. So that was my wound that I needed to work on on my own. I love that. And I think it speaks directly into what you were saying about your self full course. Um, I, I too, I have a course called self love is not selfish and it's just a simple five day challenge, but it's, speaks into you've got to get to know yourself. You've got to love yourself. You have to, or you're going to spend your whole life picking other people apart in order to feel better. <laughs> and it, that's yeah. selfish, not, you know what I mean? Loving ourselves mm-hmm. is not nearly as selfish as it is to not love ourselves, which I think that I, I'm, I'm so grateful that there's more people having this kind of conversation now and, and like what we're doing is broadcasting it is to let people know how much more it is like how much more beneficial it is to serve ourselves, care for ourselves, fill ourselves up. Um, and I know you like to use the analogy of the saucer. So if you want to, you know, kind of share that with us, but 
how important it is to fill ourselves up first so we truly can like live and and thrive in the world with others mm. um so the the saucer comment that that abby was yeah. referring to is is something that i learned from lisa nichols and you know you go on an airplane it's like always put the mask on yourself first before you have a child and then there's also the saying, don't give from an empty cup. And it's a way of saying, you know, take care of yourself before you share. And one of the things that I heard from Lisa Nichols at a conference a couple of years ago is do not ever give from the cup, only give from the overflow, whatever's on the saucer. Don't give yeah. from the cup, give from the saucer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that as women, we are nurturers. We definitely want to support and help. And that's wonderful. We are caring, empathic beings. And that's something that we want to nurture in ourselves. But I think we also need to find harmony in are we nurturing others at the expense of ourselves? Yesterday, I was having a conversation with a client brand new client, and one of the things that I asked her to do was to ask people in her world how they see her. What can they count on her for? And she said, you know, they can count on me for giving. They can count on me for being there. They can count on me for, you know, for caring and for showing up. And I asked her then, that's what you're doing for other people. Are you doing the same for yourself? And she just paused and started getting teary-eyed because she was yep. doing it all for other people, but she was not showing up for herself. Yeah. So we talked earlier about integrity, and that's what like being impeccable with your word is about, is like having a sense of integrity. And we can honor our word with other people, but we so often fail to honor our word with ourselves. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We don't keep we are our the no, the first person we will break our promise to is ourselves. I'm going to get yeah. in shape. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to start that business. I'm going to get into that relationship. And we don't, we run as soon as it gets the least bit scarier, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, and it actually, it's actually not that funny. I know I'm laughing about it, but it's like it then steamrolls into us berating ourselves for knowing we break our word to ourselves. And so I love that this is the conversation. And I, I would love to kind of segue that into accountability, being able to support ourselves, keeping our word to ourselves. And you've mentioned support in the way that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have discovered certain things without, you know, the looking eye or the listening ear of another. And I'd love to ask, especially someone who's leading a thousand people in a book club, the importance you see of community. You know, it's interesting. While I was going through my journey of self-discovery um, with my coach, um, my first coach, I should say, because I've had many coaches along the way, okay. I still work with coaches. Um, she gave me the mantra of create community, not competition. Mm, I love that. And I think it's actually one of the reasons why I decided to create this 
community, create this place where women can come together and share and be vulnerable, but also have that backdrop of like, these are these books that we're reading. And I love the fact that I still have my teacher hat on Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we read a book and, you know, I'll share a quote and I'll say, you know, how does this relate to you? And I'll share something. So today we're reading this book right now I mentioned called Radical Honesty. And he talks about the roles that we play and how these roles are not honest representations of who we are. And I asked, what are the roles that you play in your life? And then I shared my own. Like, I play the role of the, like, totally wonderful sex-enthused wife sometimes when really all I want to do is go to to sleep. Yeah. You know, sometimes I play the role of this, like, martyred mother who has, like, sacrificed everything and moved across the world so that her children could be bilingual. You know, I play the role of the frazzled, oh, my God, I have no time to do anything because I'm raising two children under five role. Mm-hmm. When yeah. really, I kind of have my shit together, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that having a community, like I, I bring this up as an example, because when you choose to lead a community, you have to step into that authenticity. You have to show up with integrity. Mm -hmm. And you have to be accountable to yourself. That's how this whole conversation started. The second segue was accountability. And as the leader, I have to be accountable to myself or else I'm not Mm -hmm. a leader. This goes back to like me working in education. I had the title of leader, but I was not being a leader. Yes, yes. I have to insert because I say it every time I can on the podcast, like what you're doing or who you're being is always more important than what you're doing. And like, you couldn't have given a better example is like, you're, even though you have the, the title of mom or wife or leader, teacher, coach, if you're not being that, and you're being overwhelmed, frazzled, unenthused or whatever, that's going to shine through way stronger than your words or like a persona we're trying to put on. Yep. Yeah. And your whole and energy. All, I like, yeah, exactly. It's like you can sniff it out. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I yes. mean, I think that, yes. And so getting back to community. Yeah. I, I didn't realize for a really long time, how important community was. Mm -hmm. And now I see it in a totally different way because I think that sometimes we don't, we think we're alone in this. We think we're the only ones suffering or we're the only ones in this situation. And some, when we can have, I think Brene Brown wrote, her first book was called, I Thought It Was Just Me. And when you have a community of people, it doesn't have to be women or whatever, people who are willing to come together and be authentic and be courageous, we can see that we are not alone, that it's not just us. And when we do that, it's not that we, you know, need necessarily some guru or expert to teach us, but we can create this groundswell from where we all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. 
I, I really love it because what I'm present to is you calling each and every listener into their unique flavor of leadership or into their own role of leadership. And, you know, one more thing that you said that really stuck out to me was you were like, I was playing the role of, you know, the motherly martyr or whatever it may be where it's like, Oh, I'm just too busy. And I enjoy busting up those roles because I feel like we get so wrapped up in them that we really fight for them. We say, no, no, you don't get it. I am so busy. I am so overwhelmed and there's no way out of this. And you really identified it as a role that we buy into because we can switch that perception immediately. Nothing actually has to change outside of us for the overwhelm to go away. Or because yes. you said, well, if I really look at it, I, I do have my shit together. I, I'm good. I'm rocking. And mm-hmm. you are. It's just a matter of what story you keep telling yourself. And, and being a reader of books and someone hosting a book club, you can really start to see the stories that we tell ourselves. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, one of the things that I offer for the book circle members, so the book circle is free, like anybody can participate. But then I also, again, have my teacher hat on and there are, you know, a portion of the women participate in what I call the self-work program. It's another thing that I stole from Lisa Nichols, the self-work aspect. (laughs) And essentially, I give them homework assignments because you can read a book and put it back on the shelf and get nothing from it. Totally. And so I create homework assignments for these women to do in connection to the book. And when I assign it to them, I assign it to myself. Yeah. And so, again, it's me walking my talk and holding integrity and being a leader and doing it myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, selfishly, yes, I'm hosting this book circle, but I'm getting way more out of these books myself. Yeah, as well. I could read these books on my own and do nothing with them. Or I can, you know, really make this a deep dive um, process. And one of the things that I say, like kind of one of my tagline is don't just read a book, live it. Mm, Yes, 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 yes. I love that. And I I really love um, just what you were saying about you could read a hundred books like and and a lot of people do go for the either the freebies or the easies about like okay well if I read it that means I'm better now like a lot of people will pick up a book with the fixing the hope to you know fix whatever they think is wrong or let me just take this magic bullet and, and magic pill and be all better now but without truly integrating the lessons that's not available And you're Mm -hmm. creating a space and a community where people truly can not only read it, but dissect it in the process and then integrate it into their lives. And so how can people join into the Emerge Book Circle or work with you? Because this has been an amazing conversation and I'm so excited for people to have the opportunity to join. Yeah. So the Emerge Book Circle, it's essentially a Facebook group. Um, and so you can just go to your search bar on Facebook and look for Emerge Book Circle and you click join group and, and then whenever I see it, um, I'll say yes. 
Um, it is for women only, though. Um, and then in terms of working with me um, and the Emerge Book Circle, we also there's a website and there's free resources and author dialogues and stuff like that. You can get um, emergebookcircle.com. Um, and in terms of, and maybe you can put this in the notes, um, my actual coaching type website is my, my full name. So Teresa Desterbeck. And uh, I will I definitely link that for you. <laughs> <laughs> because my last name is, is a fun one to spell. Yes. I'll leave it to Abby to leave that. Um, so definitely join the book circle. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like a, a through way for people to to get to know me. I do live videos. I ask lots of questions. I will push you. Um, you'll respond probably to a post, and I'll come back with a question to get you to look and think deeper. Um, and that's a lot of my the clients that I work with come through the book circle. So they come through the book circle. They learn about me. They get to know me, and then they reach out and say, can we do more? Yeah, and so that's wonderful. And so you guys be sure to head over if you have any questions, if you need any direction, I can link you up directly with Teresa. I want to personally thank you for the community that you've created. I've been in there, I want to say nearly a year. It's probably been a bit less, but um, I joined when you were doing the four agreements. I loved it. It inspired me to get through that book and it's been such a pleasure watching it all evolve and being able to like kind of play with you in the space of transformation. So I want to personally thank you for who you are and who you're being in the world and the way that you have sorted yourself out in order to truly step into your authentic leadership. And I, I really love to wrap up interviews um, with a very specific question, which is what does it look like for Teresa's heart to be unleashed in this world? Mm. My heart is unleashed when I am on top of a mountain and the sun is shining and I have just run up the hill or hiked up the hill and moved my body. And at the same time, I know that my children are safe and cared for, but that I have the freedom to be alive in that moment what a that word selection to be alive I just want to celebrate that with you because I think a lot of people are trying to just survive or make it and there's a huge difference <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you thank you for bringing that perspective and um, here on the Hearts Unleashed podcast we are constantly inspiring people to shift from dreaming to doing so that they can truly relish in the experience of actually being alive so thank you so much for being here and sharing your unleashed heart with us you are very welcome it was fabulous yes. thanks abby no problem thank you and thank you hearts for just spending time opening yourself up to receive this message if you loved it please share it please be sure to go ahead into the emerge book circle join in the fun and we will see you there Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.